Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey guys, this is Peyton Jones. Welcome to the podcast today. Before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about Portable Church Industries. They specialize in helping your setup and teardown, and they make it like a dream. So if you want to get your people in and out of that place, and you want to not spend a million hours every Sunday on your setup and teardown, get in touch with them. They're going to help you pack everything and take everything out like you're playing a game of Tetris. PortableChurch.com. Give them a check out. Give them a checkout. I like it. That should be the. Well, I, didn't, I didn't want to say give them a sale. You know, give them a checkout. Give them a checkout. Checkout is what I meant to say, but my coffee's not kicking in today. So I have actually, a little bit of a a disconnect with the brain. What's what's that word that people use? There's there's cog, cognizant dissonance. I don't know what that means. I think it's a word. That I think it's either out there dementia or Alzheimer's. Dude, I'm telling you. Like one of my good friends from high school called me up the other day. This is when you can tell you got too much crap going on in your life. This guy calls me up and he gives me his name. And I'm like, oh, uh, remind me who you are again. And he's like, I think he thought I was joking. And like, I've gone to concerts with this dude, you know, like he's my friend on Facebook. I hung out with him in high school, went to Bible study with him. And uh, he's telling me, telling me, and all of a sudden, like, the penny dropped. And oh my gosh, dude, I was like, I told Andrew, she goes, you're kidding. I'm like, I couldn't remember him, which is weird. It would be like you and me not talking for like a year or two. Well, not quite that because I didn't talk to him ever every week. But uh, it was weird, man. It was really weird. It was a trip. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty bad. I <laughs> I called an old friend one time, but I think I like used information to get his phone number or something like that, right? And I like, called and. I'm like, hey man, it's it's Pete Mitchell. The guy's like, 
who's this? I go, Pete Mitchell. <laughs> you, you, I thought he was joking around like your buddy thought, right? He's like, I don't know who this is. And I go, dude, we wrote a book together. How do you not know who I am? Click. It was the wrong guy. <laughs> Same name. Wrong oh, guy. no. That's yeah. hilarious. We wrote a book together. That's awesome. Like, Can you imagine oh, getting that man. call? But, you know, if it were me, I'd start thinking like, you know, am I going crazy? Like, I would doubt me. I wouldn't doubt them. I'd stay on the phone for a bit calling, okay, jog my memory a bit. Yeah, so. well, you know, you know how people are in Orange County. It just doesn't, I mean, if if they don't recognize you, that's it. It's over. Game over. Is that how it's played? That's how it's played. Yeah. I didn't know that. Hey, so how was Disneyland? Yeah, it was cool, man. It was cool. We, uh, it was scary. You know, it's really scary at Disneyland at Halloween. There's like, I think it's scary at Disneyland anytime, (laughs) especially in the summer, man. (laughs) Those people smell. Yes. It it was good, man. We, uh, I'm trying to think of what happened yesterday. Anything out of the ordinary happened? No, it was Disneyland and, uh, went to the Jack Skellington nightmare before Christmas, right? That was, Pretty cool. My wife will tell me something that happened that I forget because um, it's like a daily thing with us. But I don't remember. That's that's the theme of today. Why Peyton doesn't remember anything? Yeah, I guess so. So uh, you got any good stories for us for Smack Talk? Because they're all bad stories. Y- you seem well. You're in a funk. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was my prayer. But Lord, help me minister in my funk. Um, I've been, I've been dealing with, uh, subcontractors and it's like at every turn, dude, there's either someone trying to rip you off or someone not doing their job. And I'm just sick of being everyone's dad, to be honest. That's where I'm at. Just tired of being everybody's dad and having to chase every, I got my own job to do. And when I start having to chase everyone else's job, it starts affecting my job. So, but see, now you understand why that industry is so crooked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I understand that it is. I'm still not sure of the why, unless it's just that they're all ripping each other off. And I think part of it's that they're all ripping each other off. But also look at what it takes to go into that industry. It doesn't take a high school diploma. No. Can you swing a hammer? If you can swing a hammer, you can be in construction. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, then, therefore, I am this. And... You know, and you got to deal with it. That's it, man. I would hate to be. I I just want to kill everybody all the time if I if I were in that industry. I yeah. just sit around like like the guy on Office Space. You took my stapler. You took my hammer. It was a red stapler. It was really nice. <laughs> it was a craftsman hammer. It had a cushiony handle. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I'm 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 excited this weekend. I gotta. An all-important rifle training, you know, so I can blow people away in the name of Smith & Wesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you're going to catch yourself there because I always mock those emails that come through. Hey, I had one. Always mock those emails. There's like one email. But they send it every month. They like, don't dude, send it. Every, number it. one, they don't send it every month. Number two, you you Not can't you. tell me. That you have a responsibility as a pastor to protect your kids from child molesters 
but you don't have a responsibility to protect people visiting your church from terrorists and everyone else will just come in there and shoot people. Come no, on. I don't shoulder that burden. Come on. I don't shoulder that burden. I'll take the apparently, and I'll leave you the ladder. Apparently, hey, if you, you, you want to come and and be, you know, John Wayne in my congregation, more power to you. It's not That's John fine, Wayne. I'm not going to shoulder that burden. Are you on it? See, this is the problem with you liberals. You don't get it. This is a defensive situation, not offensive. Hey, man, it's just your hobby, not mine. I'm not opposed to it, and I'm definitely not a liberal. Yes. See, and, and that's the thing with, with you gun toters that I'll tell you, is you guys think if everyone else doesn't tote a gun and doesn't go to the rifle range, we're a liberal. No, you are a liberal. You, your arguments are that of a liberal. Really? Oh, yeah. That? that I'm. It's not my responsibility as a pastor. That everyone that with everybody. a gun is John Wayne? Come on. <laughs> you're a liberal. I said if you want to play John Wayne, if you, if you want to pack heat, carry a sidearm to my church and shoot people. Yeah, more power to you, man. It's not that we want to. It's that we do it to protect. We have to. <laughs> we do it to protect. It's defensive. Brother, I'll let you shoulder your burden while I shoulder mine. How does that work out? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think anyone knows what Peyton Jones is talking about. Hey, nobody does know what I'm talking about. Know what I'm talking about? No. So I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be fun. Good, man. Good. So uh, what kind of targets do they use? Do they have, like, aliens that pop up, zombies? All right. So uh, what y'all just missed there is uh, we had to cut something out there because it was too <laughs> funny. <laughs> and the second I did it, Peyton's head just hit the desk, and he was like, I cannot believe that just came out of your mouth. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, anyway, uh, what kind of targets do we use? Muppet when that happened. It was like, you know. It was like some the hand up inside my puppet was like boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had to get the smack talk out of its funk, all right? I had to do something there. Dude, it's me. It's not you, it's me. Well, no, yeah, I, I no, I've been dealing with uh <laughs> man, I've been dealing with issues for like the last three or four days. I see I've got I've got this uh this program. You you know about it, um, but you don't know the whole story with it. So I got this thing called SMS conversations. It's a, a tech program that uh, I utilize to text people and yeah. have conversations via text and, and what's called sly voicemail. And uh, we've got, you know, maybe 180, 190 users on it. And we did a, what was supposed to be a minor upgrade a couple of days ago that, Literally, I'm still like right before our call, I'm dealing with issues because it's like when you've got tech, one little thing is changed and it's like everything goes haywire. Like it's it's the most annoying thing in the world. So this is why I don't touch technology. Well, the worst part is, is I'm getting ready to, to actually launch it to the public and and to sell it. And it's like. It makes me not want to because literally one little change is going to have like far reaching consequences. 
yeah of of issues popping up so were people like getting mad like what was people's response were they like, no but i'm getting get mad like why do i have to deal with this crap when it's a stupid tech issue that you mr programmer should not have allowed to happen like mm. how can one little change like i'll give you an example so he he you know he's got his own server so he makes his changes over there and then he's like ready to publish it so he goes to publish this change, and, and what this change was uh, allowing people to do is to text images. And so we've got an app version of it, so you could literally take a selfie and text it out to someone. Um, and and I know people would be like, "Well, why would you do that when you got you know your own message feature on your phone?" It's it's because it's really meant for business people and doing mass texting to a lot of people, stuff like that. So. Um, so he's like, okay, we're ready to, to push it out. He goes to push it out. He's like, oh, uh, you need to contact your server and have, you know, some PHP extension thingy turned on, right? I don't even know what the heck he's talking about. No, that's like, I'm, I'm a tech muggle, so that's like Harry Potter language. So it's I'm like, like some magic spell. Okay, uh, give me exactly what you need. He tells me exactly. I call up my server company, and uh, they go, oh, yeah, we know exactly what he's talking about. And I'm like, okay, I need it on smsconversations.com. Okay, yeah, we'll do it. Uh, you want us to shoot you an email when it's done? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. So 10, 15 minutes later, they shoot me an email. It's done. And yet, they did it to the entire server, and almost every single one of my websites was down. Wow. And I had to like go through every single one of them one by one and go, fix this one? Now fix this one? Now fix this one? Now, and so like all night I'm dealing with every website was oh, wow. either down or it had reverted back to like a four or five year old version of the website. Oh no. So imagine my client Debbie and it's like the website she had before oh. she hired me. That's oh. how bad it was. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. So I'm dealing with that all night. And then it turns out it still doesn't matter because every single thing seems to have another issue going on like i got what the heck was that do you flush the toilet did you flush the toilet come on <laughs> uh i've never heard the train referred to that before but <laughs> it's, it's got me thinking some interesting thoughts no that was a train yeah so i mean bottom line is even this morning i got someone else texting me going hey i can't send out any text and i look at the system and i'm like <laughs> Geez, it's another issue, and I know it's related to being able to send pictures, and I'm like... You know, the, the good news is you'll have all this worked out just in time for the next upgrade. I know, right? Ah, so frustrating. So I know, frustrating. I know. This, is, this, is, <laughs> this is why I refuse to work with technology. And Which it is, shows. It, it does, yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's funny, man, because I'll be doing the uh, hardcore church planning interviews. <laughs> I'll ask people to get on Skype. And it's like I've asked them to use a flip phone. You know, people are like, Skype? Really? I don't even think I have a Skype account anymore. Yeah, what are they using now? So I guess Zoom is like the hot thing. But only this week, my company was like, hey, uh, we're going to switch over to Ring Central. Ring Central's the new way to go. So now everybody's switching, which is owned by Zoom. But now everybody's going to be hopping on to Ring Central. I thought Ring Central was like for phone numbers and stuff. 
Yeah, it's I don't know, man. It's there's video and there's audio calls for Ring Central. Yeah, well. So my company switched over to that. So it's like you know we're like three generations removed now from Skype. And Skype was like it was the hot commodity, you know. Yeah. You know what's really cool, man, is if you die tomorrow, I have like a million videos of you to share with your kids. What do you mean? I I have all of our our calls recorded. Oh yeah, but you'll lose those. Your computer will crash and they will be gone. Yeah, that's probably true. No, I've often said that uh, when I die, you definitely make sure my kids listen to the Church Planner podcast, especially <laughs> the ones where I say I really didn't want kids, but <laughs> I don't know if you do this. I know I do. I go wait sometimes from this podcast and think I don't think I should have said that because you know this is just. No, it's it's funny because I've, I've never had that thought like, go through no, my I mind. Never have that. But you know, it's funny because this podcast is a is a ministry podcast, but it's also it it really is like you're hanging out with us when you're listening to it. We're just hanging out because I don't think you and I've had this conversation many many times where you have to minister to people effectively. You actually have to take the mask off and you have to be real. If you're going to be a church planner, the mask isn't going to hold up. You're in a small, intimate setting. You're you're going to, you know, I posted an article. <clears throat> Excuse me, train. Um, uh, you know, I'm at home today, and, like, my door is open right to the train track. So, you know, it's funny because, oh, wow. That's pretty good. That's like dueling trains. That's just so, in case you miss it, I can add it. That's, that's dueling trains. Ding, 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 ding. So, you know, I don't remember. So so I put an article online uh, this week at PeytonJones.Ninja. If you haven't signed up for my uh, website, my blogs, and getting my newsletters and all that, check it out at PeytonJones.Ninja. Because Ninja is a domain name, and I can. <laughs> that's the only reason it's that. Because I can so uh, PeytonJones.Ninja, but put an article on How there. How many hate emails was, have you gotten because you have a .ninja? None. I, I don't think it's an issue. Oh, it's an issue. Because I, I told you, I got the call because I had the samurai oh, on the website. Right. And I just yeah, laughed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, I, I'm sorry. You're calling the wrong guy. You, you know what, I'm you know what I've learned, correct. though? It's, it's funny. It wasn't the fact it was a samurai. I've, I've actually understood this because when uh, the ninja book was getting no, worked I, on. I got um, called because it was a samurai. Well, and here's the thing. This is what I've learned, and I actually get the sensitivity. Um, I'm, not, I'm not super PC on things, but I actually got this. What it is is it's the depiction in artistic form of an Asian person with slanted eyes. And because it's been used to ridicule so much, it, it, it's a caricature of an Asian person. That's what has been offensive over the years. So it's like you, cartoony you can, things. Everything comes from a basis of quote unquote truth. Same thing with your John Wayne comment. Like, it, but it's like, okay, get over it. Get over yourself. So I'm I, I'm not going to buy into this because everything is going to come no, back no, to there's, some there's kernel of like, truth. Like when I when I was getting ready to publish the uh, Ninja book, I said, "Hey guys, um, talked with some Asian leaders and and said, hey, um, I've been asked by a publisher to 
Um, and ultimately that this was the thing that they couldn't, they couldn't get behind it and I wouldn't change it. I was like, I'll self-publish this thing, you know, but they were worried about the sensitivity and, and, and I, so I spoke to a bunch of, uh, Asian leaders, like a bunch and was like, Hey, um, you know, basically, uh, what is the, what are the rules, man? Like, what are the things that are offensive? And they're like, we have no problem with using ninja. So these were the two things they said. And I thought this was really insightful. They said, it's two things we're sensitive to. If I'm Japanese, don't talk about Chinese things and lump all Asians in together to the same mix because we are a distinct people. Now, if you go over to Wales, the Welsh don't like to be called the English. The Scottish don't like to be called English. They have a pride in their own cultural heritage. Same with Irish. So when with Asians, it's the same thing. And what's offensive to them is how we will lump them all together with no understanding of the culture. Some of these countries fought each other and tortured one another. So they're like, when, when we lump them all together, they're like, hey, 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 you know, that's, that's based on our appearance only. And there are even appearances like you can actually there are certain distinctions amongst the different nations as well. So uh, and the other thing, like I said, is is the um, any caricature that has been used in times past as a form of mockery. And so, you know, I get it. It's not just as random like white people can't talk about Asian things. It's it's those two things. I said those are pretty much the rules. If you stay clear of those, you'd be all right. So that's, I disagree. that's what I did. I disagree that if you stay clear of those, you're going to be all right. I don't. I, I don't, think if I don't you stay buy clear of those, you're going to be all right with the reason with the people that are reasonable. There's always going to be angry, well, unreasonable that's the thing. people. There's always there. going to be angry, unreasonable people. Yeah. Look at look at our country today. Well, that Everyone's... was that was a conversation I had with the publishers. I said, well, look, there's always going to be those people. We'll never please those people that are just looking. For anyone to do anything, I go, I don't, I don't spend any time thinking about people like that. I don't interact with them. I don't deal with them. Um, years ago, there was a, a, something that, that Rick Warren put up and it was, um, it was a, a communist Chinese poster. <laughs> he said, this is how my employees feel working for me. And he was making fun of himself saying, sometimes they feel like I'm a dictator. And, and it was, it was him poking fun at himself, but because he used that imagery, people within the Asian community were like, Hey dude, like I, I get where it was coming from. No, they and weren't. I, I get where it was coming from. I read the comments. Some so did I, they weren't, they were all just were. like, you're evil, you're evil. Well, it's funny because some of them were, and there was a mix of people, but the people that were reasonable that actually got me to understand were the people that were like, Hey, my grandfather. I think you believe too much in people. I don't believe in them enough to buy into that. Well, when, when the, yeah, you can think of what you want, but when, when the guys that were writing their comments were like, Hey, you know, my grandfather was tortured by Chinese people and that's a sensitive, you know, or tortured under the communist. He was a Chinese person. Somebody was saying, Hey, my grandfather was tortured. Some people had their families executed and they're like, we understand that you don't realize the the joke that you're making that it's actually that's sensitive like that's a reality it's a cultural reality for us and uh and it was you know it was it, it made sense yeah. you know but uh anyways we went way off dude what were we talking about uh i was just saying how i'm going in for some gun training this weekend <laughs> 
I think we veered away from that a little bit. And the next thing I know, we got communist China, Japan, internment camps, everything has just gone crazy. And now I'm a liberal. (laughs) (laughs) I know how to hurt Peyton. I'll call him a little person and a liberal. I'll get them both in there. You know, both of those things, I'm like Superman. They bounce off me like bullets now. It, those things are not my – you have made me tougher and stronger. You know what's myself. funny is um, it, it's so not true. Like I had a, a, a really good friend for many, many years, um, and uh, I, I can't really say the whole story, but I used to, I used to uh, joke with him about something that I thought was funny – but it was like a real sore spot for him. And and so every time you try and do what you just did, you know what? Uh, th- that stuff doesn't bother me. It bounces off me. And I just look at him and I go, that is so not true. I can tell it is like a dagger cutting into you. And he just kind of like. Though, the, little, the little dude thing doesn't actually bother me at the moment. I don't know why that is. What's, it, what's it, funny to me it is. It probably comes and goes. I, I That, you know, it. I get that that's a, a personal thing that that bothers some people, um, but to me, and, and and again, this is where it comes down to like each person, like you were just talking about, has their own sensitivity to to <laughs> issues and whatnot. Because to me, it's not I like think a big... mine right now is going to be that I'm stupid and I'm losing my memory and can't remember everything. That, that's probably my sensitive spot right now. It could be, but I just I because I I've never. I've never thought of you as a little person. So that think to me as a big human being and a little package. Is that what you're telling me? I ne- I don't think one, we hardly ever see each other face to face, but I, I don't think of like your height. Like that, that's not a thought that goes through my head, but that's the thought that goes through your head. So it's like in marketing, I'm always telling people, I go, look, there's two conversations going on. There's the conversation going on in your head and there's the conversation going on in your prospect's head. And you're projecting your conversation onto them, thinking that what's going on in your head is what's going on in theirs. That's why, to me, it was always like I I never realized that it bugged you because the thought that was going through your head was it was a sore spot. And to me, it was like it was like not like when I go, hey, little buddy, it was never a refer to your height. Like it was more like the TV show with Haas and little, and yeah. like it was more like that than uh, anything else. But this, the two conversations going on. It's funny, man. When I went up to Tahoe, I was so bummed. I wanted to go to the Ponderosa. I started watching. Bananas. Is that over there? I didn't, I didn't know that was oh, over there. Dude, it's right there. You know how like when you're watching the beginning and the map burns Yeah. and Lake Tahoe's like prominent, it's right there in North Lake Tahoe. And the site is still there, but we did not go to it because they're like, oh, it's gated up. You can't get in. It was a whole western town, dude. Well, and then the why, ranch house why was, that they filmed. It. Why didn't they ever have snow in the TV show then? No kidding, right? Well, because they mostly filmed it in California, but the first few episodes were filmed up there. But the town was, yeah, that was a real deal, man. I didn't know that. Pretty cool. Yeah. So you can you can look it up online. It's freaking rad, man. So you're doing it right now, aren't you? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm playing with my knife and I'm just cutting stuff. Oh, I want one of those. I know, right? Look at the size of that oh my sucker. Gosh. Dude, it, it looks like your Sweeney Todd, like you're getting ready to like give someone a shave, you know? Dude, look, that's it closed. Look how big have. that knife is closed. It's dude, huge. Dude, dude, I want what? one of those. What? I want that. 
<laughs> Dude, I have got like the collection of knives and and guns, as we all know, <laughs> just like laying out all over my desk, except for the guns. The guns are locked up. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I'm gonna have to start. I have actually... nothing. I'm I'm barely homeless. I'm I'm half in a trailer and half my. I have nothing. Yeah, I'm have cool you far moved far back here. into I'm your house yet at all? We kind of have. Yeah, we have. We're sleeping in here at night, and it is. I'm telling you, when you got insulation and like a crawl space, your house is warm at night. That's pretty cool. <laughs> we had this old 1950s heater. This is a 1950s house. Like there was no insulation, no double glazed windows, no double panes, and the, our our uh, central heating would be going. This was like from the 50s. Like you'd open it up, it had like this cool logo on it, like you'd see on an old 50s Chevrolet or something. It was really cool, but it would go boom, boom. And then it go, when the ball bearings would start screeching, and this thing would go, and it would shake the whole house. And uh, it was very loud, but it would give you that. You get used to it. It give you this kind of nostalgic, peaceful feeling, but it was eventually going to catch fire and burn us all. So when do you finally get to move back in, like, permanently? My mantra is two weeks, just like the lady going through security yeah. check in uh, Mars. Mar, uh, what's the yeah, total recall? See, I can't remember anything. Total recall. Total recall. You How had no. That? You had no what's recall. Dude, I have no recall. <laughs> so total. I, you need to give me a nickname that's the opposite of total recall. That needs to be like my 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 operating code name now. No recall. Yeah. Okay. I I, I got nothing on that one. Yeah, yeah, call me Regal. So my brother runs a big biker club, and uh, they all have names like Buzzfall. That guy got that name because he lost his leg in the war. So it's not a very nice nickname, but everybody has these funny nicknames. So I dig it, man. I dig it. You know, my brother's boss. I posted an article about him, and uh, they they talked about, you know, I, I can't use the word that they used in it regarding him, but he's bad to the bone, officially in print. That's what they said about it. Officially in print. Officially in print. He's back in front. So I got, um, <clears throat> I, as I mentioned earlier, I got this system called SMS Conversations that I use. And one of the really cool things that I can do with this system is I can send out what are called sly voicemails. So a sly voicemail, it's where your phone doesn't ring and all of a sudden you look down and you got a, a voicemail on there. And you're thinking yeah. that you missed the call. So it, it just like drops voicemails directly on people's. Oh, uh, that's evil. Oh yeah, it's, it's great. Only for a marketer would think. Only a marketer. So um, if I have your birthday, my system automatically calls you. <laughs> now you've received the text, but this week I added the sly voicemail, and one of our guys in the inner circle got it. So bad. I gotta play for you guys. This is like the greatest message. So imagine it's your birthday. Right, then we'll get into our topic because we're way over, man. So play play it for us, and we'll get in. It's your birthday, and this is what you get. Yeah, hello. Academy Award winner Christopher Walken here. A mutual friend of ours, Pete Mitchell, asked me to give you a call. He tells me it's your birthday or something. When Pete asked me to do something like give a friend a birthday call, I do it. So, here it is. Brace yourself. Happy birthday. Ciao. Come on. Dude, that's awesome. Is that not the best one ever? That is, that is epic. That guy's rad. I got another one from uh, uh, Morgan Freeman. And he okay, goes, let me hear it. I don't have it loaded in the soundboard, but he's like, get busy living or get busy dying. 
<laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's beautiful. It's awesome. That's right. I make dude, birthdays awesome. fun. That's all I'm saying. I make birthdays fun. Yeah, dude. That's pretty cool. Am I gonna get is Christopher Walking gonna call me on my birthday? Who knows who it'll be by then? Because I'm like, ooh, I can have. I, I got a really bad Arnold Schwarzenegger. One day when I'm famous, I'll do it for you for free. I'll just be like, don't pay me five dollars on Fiverr. Just let me do it for you. I should have you do That'll Yoda for me. You. Have know. Yoda do a happy birthday. Mm, your birthday, it is. <laughs> <laughs> happy, you must be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Older. All right, here we go. Doc, uh, right, kick let's us do off. It. Let's do it. Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Nitty-gritty is what do you do when it all falls apart? And church planner, you know what I'm talking about. You know what it is when your church is going, you're doing everything you got to do. <clears throat> I knew it's going to happen. It's going to be total spiritual warfare the whole time we try to do this. All of a sudden, my throat's seizing up. Yeah, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're ending up, you're on the front lines, you're doing your thing, your church is, is taking hits, maybe it's struggling, because it's gospel work. No, it's not, not meant to be easy. Read the book of Acts, read the gospels, uh, read the epistles, where Paul constantly tells his co-workers to endure hardship, endure. Um, read the scriptures where Paul goes around and strengthens the church them by saying we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. And they're encouraged. Why are they encouraged? Because it's kind of like the equivalent of a first century smile, stupid. It's supposed to suck. You know, your 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 church plant's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be, I read this book, I saw how Mark Driscoll did it, which nowadays would be someone else. I don't know who. I don't know who the, the poster child is for church planting these days. But it's not easy. It's always hard. And um, even if the guy's church blows up, um, he's probably running people so hard and, and moving things so fast and furious that often what happens is is people's families get sacrificed. You know, their personal lives start falling apart. And I'll, I'll tell you this because I've been in ministry for 25 years and after these guys get going for a number of years, they eventually burn out because unhealthy patterns develop and there's no soul care in their life. I'm getting ready to do an interview on that on hardcore church planning. But back, meanwhile, back at the ranch, it's one thing when your church is hard. <clears throat> it's one thing when all that's struggling. What about when your personal life starts to fall apart? What about when, you know, suddenly your, your wife gets diagnosed with something or, you know, you, you get, you know, suddenly someone gets a crash in your family or you lose your job or, you know, the IRS comes back and says you owe us a bunch of money you don't have or, you know, the list could go on and on and on. You suddenly start struggling with depression and everywhere you look, the bill stacks get higher and the money stack gets smaller. And you're like, dude, did I win the lottery? Did I win something? Like, what, what's going on? You know, why, why, why are all the good things happening to me? And sarcasm. Reality is your life sucks. You're getting, you're getting, you know, if you walk by a dog, it bites you. You know, <laughs> if there's a, a puddle of water, a car's going to, you know, drive past you at that moment and drench you. And we have seasons in our life 
where things like Job's messenger seem to happen right on the heel of one another. I mean, I've certainly been through that over the past year, <clears throat> year and four months. Um, I was just talking with a publisher about another book and they're like, they're asking me how things went with the book. And I was having to, to, to recall that, you know, the day my book dropped, I got the call, Hey, your mom's dying and she's not going to make it probably in the next couple days. And you know, your marketing plan tends to go out the window right then. And, you know, you have these things in my life, you know, it's kind of, uh, sitting about me and it's definitely not about right now. Um, we seem to be coming out of that, but one of the number one things that happens when you start going through that is you do what Job did and you start asking God, have I done something wrong? You know, um, it, it's amazing how much, Faith theology, and I said this, I think, in our podcast a couple weeks ago, um, how much faith, uh, you know, prosperity theology we still carry around inside of us, where we still tie um, God blessing us um, and giving us abundance with being good or being bad. And <clears throat> there's certainly, you know, uh, uh, principles in Scripture that say, hey, you know, do these things and your life will end up more blessed in those areas. Like, for example, it says, you know, children obey your parents that um, it may go well with you and you live longer. What he's saying is listen to what they say because they have wisdom and they're going to keep you That's a hot stove and um, bungee jump all the time, you know, um, jump without parachutes will keep you safe. Um, so that's one aspect of life. That's not like a, I think the prayer of Jabez is as cool as it was to look at that passage under a microscope. I also think that it gave people this kind of genie mentality or reinforced the genie mentality that's, that's always wrapped up within human beings. And if I perform well, my life will be awesome and go well. It's, it's a superstitious type of thinking. You find it in every form of paganism that if I um, placate the gods, um, if I uh, you know, uh, please them enough, then they'll bless my crops and they'll bless my things. And they'll, and the Bible's not like that. The Bible, every epistle starts off saying grace and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ or grace and peace be to you. Or sometimes Paul just writes grace and peace because God's heart for you at every moment at every time is grace to you, Pete Mitchell. Grace to you, podcast listener. Grace to you, my son. Grace to you, my daughter. Peace to you. Every time Jesus appeared, he'd say shalom or peace. Peace be to you. Don't be afraid. Peace. Um, shalom, completeness, wholeness. Um, that, that's a, that's a Jewish phrase. It means that you're not separated or being pulled to pieces by anxiety. Shalom is like a, it's the opposite. It's you're, you're experiencing wholeness and and completeness and peace and that's god's heart toward you at any at any moment but we do live in a world that does not match god's heart for us right we live in a world that is broken we live in a world that's fallen and the reason that it's helpful to walk with god to know that grace and peace at all times is that the world is constantly fighting against this. I mean, constantly at all times, 
um, the world is in, in, in the world isn't a, a personality. It's just a reality, right? I'm not saying the world is trying like it has an agenda against you. But things are going to go wrong. And sometimes you have seasons of that. And when you're tempted to look at, you know, your life and look at God and say, God, am I getting something wrong? Because I think all of us do that. Um, it's important to remember that God is not treating you as the Bible says. You do not treat us as our sins deserve. Like, in other words, we none of us is is receiving justice. You know, it doesn't mean that God may not intervene sometimes and say, hey, you know, knucklehead, I'm going to do this um, or I'm going to do that. Um, you know, sometimes God will, will intervene and, and interact with us. I'm not saying he's also just this big teddy bear in the sky that never disciplines those whom he loves. He, but our, um, when the word uses discipline um, in the Hebrews, it it uses it in two different ways. It uses it in the way we discipline our children only when it says, when it's connecting it to love. So it doesn't say, you know, we spanked our children and because uh, we were punishing them. So the only time he brings in is he says, look, you know, when we were kids, we suffered discipline and it was painful, but it was good for us. And then he goes on to say, the Lord disciplines those he's, he loves. So he's not punishing you. He's disciplined. The main word discipline there that's used actually means <clears throat> instruction. And when he uses the term, he actually uses the term that you would use in a gymnasium that a coach might um, put, you know, like an athlete through their paces. Uh, he might say, run that lap now in, you know, uh, under four minutes. You know, um, you can do it faster once you take 10 seconds off your time. Um, or if it's the gymnastics, you know, um, I need you to do this with perfect form. Go do it again. And so the, the imagery there is like an athlete who is learning to get stronger, to get faster. And so that's, that's where we see the discipline analogy really. And we've, we've mistranslated that into punishment. And again, it goes back to our Human superstition, superstitious thinking, which goes back to the garden when Adam hides, you know, from God and has a distorted view of God and who God is and starts right away, even though he walked with God in the cool of the day, starts misinterpreting who God is almost right away. And God walks through there like he does every other day and says, Adam, what, where are you? He knows, but he wants to, he wants Adam to, to say, and uh, he's like, who, who told you you're naked? He's having this conversation with him and you can see that Adam is wrong. Like he's, he's, you know, his shame, his, his now form is barrier between him and God. And so God covers him. God wants to take away that shame. He wants to cover that nakedness. You, you see God's heart all the way throughout the scripture. And as you see, um, even with us being covered with the blood of Jesus, um, Paul mentions in Romans 8, he goes, what can separate us from the love of God? Show famine, show show uh, nakedness, shall hardship, persecution, the sword. Like he mentions all of these things that that you can go through poverty, all these things, and he's he's saying God loves you. Can anything separate you from that love? And what he's doing is he's bringing up very real world problems that you and I go through, and he's saying nothing. 
and all creation, height nor depth nor width, none of these things, nothing will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And we need reminding of that because we so easily forget. So that's my very lengthy preamble to just setting the stage. Um, the, the topic today is what to do when your life is falling apart. Pete, any thoughts? Quit. <laughs> Maybe that's not the one you were looking for. Um, it's the one that I think many people are looking for. <laughs> that's true. Sometimes people are just looking for the excuse. Just someone tell me I can quit. You know, I, I, I definitely struggle with that a lot. Of uh, the whole idea of uh, do I deserve anything from God? And and of course, there's the the head knowledge that we don't deserve anything. Like there's nothing we could do to deserve God's love, mercy, and grace. We can't do anything to deserve it. But yeah. God gives it to us anyway. And but that's the tough thing because, like you said, you know. Neither one of us grew up, I, at least I don't think you did, um, and I know I didn't, in the, the prosperity gospel movement. Right. But certainly it's there in our heads of, of you know, if I, if I do good, God will reward me or he'll love me. And that just, I think, has to do with how we grew up as people, as humans. Because when our kids yeah. are good... Do we not do good things for them? And when they're bad, do we not take things away from them? I mean, we do. So it's hard to to shake that that, uh, sense of, um, you know, my reward or lack thereof is based on my action. And it's, it's really hard to shake that feeling. It is. It is. And I think that's why the gospel, you know, um, it was uh, R.A. Torrey. Um, gosh, there's so many. It's so many. Uh, my mentor, Peter Jeffrey, R.A. Torrey, A.W. Tozer, Warren Wiersbe, all these kind of great old gospel preachers that, that we've lost now. I would say many of our preachers nowadays, the, the ones that we know of, are entertainers and they're guys that get up and talk. But these guys were preachers, man. They had truths that, that were kind of like lifelines and, 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 you know, they, they understood what we're talking about. This very, and I think those are the very best preachers are the people that know what it is to be human more than anyone else. Um, the, uh, they, they used to always say, I preach to myself. Lloyd Jones, big, big guy. He'd say, he would say, do you preach to yourself? You know, I preach to others for a living. I preach to myself because I forget this stuff that I'm preaching when I'm out of the pulpit. And so um, he would he would say, Lloyd-Jones, that you should every morning when you wake up before you do anything else, that you meditate on God's love for, you know, it, it, he didn't put a, 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 a time on it. But I remember going through a season where I was like, I'm just going to do that for five minutes a day. Um, meditate on God's love for me and see what that does. Oh my gosh, man. It was like, I started going through personal revival and there's times I take God's love. Cause I think once you are soaking in that and immersing in that, there is kind of a point where I think you cross over. Then you have other dangers, of course, um, which is taking it for granted or this and that, but you still live in that place. 
where you sometimes when, when bad times hit, you got to ask those questions, God, <laughs> is everything okay? You know, or did, did I make, and I think that's why Paul is much bad stuff as he suffered. Think of the apostle Paul. I don't care who you are in ministry. I mean, I, I've had a rough year, but I ain't had a year like the apostle Paul had. You know, I don't think any of us have years like that guy had, right? Um, <laughs> hey, we're going to beat you and, um, you know, torture you and put you in jail, cut you off from everyone you love and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff that Paul, you know, you're going to be hungry and naked. I, I know people in the world do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying nobody does. I'm, not, I'm saying most of you listening to this today, it's, it's not your reality. And here's Paul writing Romans. And when he's talking about the love of God, he throws these things in again because he was a human being and he understood what it was to suffer. And out of that, he applies the gospel to that suffering. And I don't know about you, but there are um, cures in history that we talk about, like, oh, stick a steak, a raw steak over your black eye. And you're like, that's weird. You know, like it doesn't seem like it would do anything. We we have these remedies that we talk about. Well, I think that was Paul's remedy. And I think a lot of us walk around like that's like putting a stake on a black guy. I heard that. I heard that's good for you, but it seems kind of weird. Like we don't look at our real world everyday problems and think that the gospel is a solution for them. And yet we know what it is to struggle. When things were going wrong, like, is God punishing me? Is he, is he mad at me? God, did I anger you? You know, do you need me to throw my virgin daughter into the volcano? That's really what we're saying. We're really reverting back to a primitive pagan superstition when we're doing that, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's the gospel and we got to keep hearing the gospel over and over. The other thing is when your life seems to be falling apart, there's a, there's a couple things that you need to do. Um, one is, um, you need to get people to pray for you. Um, I, I really miss, like we had this in our cogs at Refuge Long Beach. And now that I'm not currently planting, um, I'm not involved in this aspect. This is, this is one of the things is, um, as we get ready to plant now, um, <laughs> Take that as my official announcement. Um, I will make an official announcement. You've only been talking about plant, it for the last several months, so, you know. No whatever. kidding. Around. Well, it's funny, man, because I had this interview with Mac Lake, and uh, <laughs> and part three went public, and so all these people were like, hey, dude, are you planting a church? And I'm thinking, yeah, you don't listen to my podcast. But the reality is, you know, that's one of the things that we miss is when, for me, when you're pulling the right way into a home study, home studies for me aren't about, just talking and discussion. I know that's, you know, we do that on Sunday, you know, but for me, the, the midweek cogs, home groups, mission communities, wherever you want to talk, that's a time for ministry. That's a time for like laying on of hands and people sharing and you're speaking prophetically into their lives and a little, little more, little more, um, intense perhaps than, than, uh, just, a, uh, just another discussion about the Bible. And for me, that's, that's where the real refreshment and breakthrough comes. Um, and, and where I've seen people really get out of it, it kind of get recharged. And, um, it's that encouragement 
that you see in the scripture where they're laying hands on one another, praying for one another. God is answering and speaking. And um, th- those are the times to me that I see is really valuable. And I feel um, in the same way that reaching the unreach, um, you know, where it, it, it said basically, uh, 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 what's my subtitle for that? Um, becoming Raiders of the Lost Art. I think there are multiple lost arts. You know, there are multiple things that we've lost as a church. Um, I'm reading Francis Chan's book, um, Letters to the Church. Very good book. And there's there's similar themes in there that we're talking about things that we lost, things that were normal for the first century. Yeah, but and of course that's one of my passions. Let's be fair. I mean, he, he, li- I, I know he listens going. to the podcast, yes. so he he got and, most of his ideas from from you. Uh, and from reaching the unreached, right. undoubtedly. Yeah. So it's okay, Francis. I understand. It. It. We all have to have our influences. <laughs> so uh, my my wife's listening. She's she's gonna she's gonna rebuke me when I'm off here. So just teasing everybody, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a sick joke that Pete and I have. So. Yeah, my wife said she didn't listen to this nonsense. So, uh, and she doesn't. So, anyways, um, I don't remember what I was saying. That was funny though. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think that's, that's those two things. Um, number, number three, uh, don't stop walking with God yourself. You, you need to be connecting with Him and just talking. And maybe sometimes it's just a matter of, of sitting in front of Him and just pouring out your heart. You know, David, David was so good at that. David had problems. He was God's anointed. He was God's man. And he sings these psalms, you know, and I, I think we misunderstand that we think oh, all the bummed out psalms are when he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and he was reaping the consequences. No, it tells you, you know, this is the psalm that when David was on the run from Saul, uh, yada, 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 it was there. And, um, and so I would say that we end up, um, you know, pouring all that stuff out to God. And uh, Pete, that's as much time as I have for today. <laughs> well, you know, if you could get rid of payroll and workers comp and, and things like that, would you have more time for the podcast? I would, Pete. And if if I could, I would actually hire uh, simplifychurch.com to look after all my bookkeeping needs, IRS compliance, and, uh, maybe even payroll services. What that was simplify. What was the last part? It's sim. it's simple. Uh, I forget most things, but I remember this. It's simplifychurch.com. It's so simple. Let them simplify you, Pete. I think my next church is going to be called total recall church. <laughs> <laughs> church of the total recall. First church of the total recall. And then it says, but I forget at the end in parentheses, like instead of signs and wonders following, you got to have, you know, the longer the church name, the weirder the church. Just remember that. I like so, it. So, hey, uh, well, guys, thanks for joining us today for the Church Hunter podcast. This has been Peyton Jones and my beautiful co-host, Pete Mitchell, Woo. reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. I made my money the old fashioned way. I got run over by Alexis. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. 
We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music